This is the Player One Podcast with Josh and Sam. How you going? Where life is one big game and we are Player One. So Sam, you just tell me about, uh, you had a pretty crazy weekend at Hex. Yeah. Which damn. I've seen, that was pretty sick. Absolute May jumped onto Hex. Um, we had four fighters on the card. We had Raja Shippen, who scored a cra- like from the start we had Jack, um, who is a French a French guy from like he, from Absolute at the, at the moment, he came over with his brother, opened the card up with a massive KO, like a KO in 18 seconds. One of those KOs where the oh, head, 18 seconds, 18 seconds in the first round. Oh shit! Head snaps back, and the guy is left like on the ground out. Wait, you see the one with the hook? Yeah, with the right hook. I thought those like second rounds. No, no, that was 18 seconds into the first round. Oh shit! And I remember Simon because he spars real nice and gentle, and and Simon was saying to him. Like, are you able to switch it on? And we know he must have because he's got like four first round finishes now. And he's like, "Don't worry, Simon. You'll see when it comes to the to the when it comes to the real thing." He's like, "I can unleash." And bang, he did. Damn. And then we had Sam Hibbard jump on. No, we had yeah, Sam Hibbard jump on. He's old school. He's been around for a while. Huh? He's been around for a little while. Been around the scene, fought a few times, like all over the place. And he f- he showed his experience because he weathered the storm a little bit came in the second round and got a Dars choke. I think it was Dars or an Anaconda and finished the fight. Then we had Kevin Doucette in a rematch, a guy he previously bet. They went to war for three rounds. Kevin got the decision and like bloodied this guy up real bad. And then we had Raja jump on into a, um, to close the show for us. Yeah, Raja jumped on to close the show for us. And he murked his guy first round also with a spinning elbow. Um, so what a night! Absolutely, seen that. Four the way four. He, the way he like timed it and trapped him in because you were saying before he plays possum. Yeah, so like whether you hit him or don't hit him, when he evades a strike or you do hit him, he'll he'll back up slightly, like move away, and then as you rush in to your own demise, he just spins <laughs> and, <that's laughs> and just lights out. Yeah, he's done that in the gym. And the thing with Raja, it's like he's at that top top flight level of striking, best in the world type of striking, in that caliber of striking. And in the gym, everyone kind of knows it, but it takes like it takes people because of his record. He's got like a few bunch of losses and whatnot. That, this happens early on in the career. People think, oh, maybe his he might be an easier fight, whatever. But everyone sees, everyone knows now. Yeah, sure. because he's he was training with McGregor back in the yeah, day. Yeah, you know, he's been all over. Yeah, he's been around he's from America. Yeah, mm. it'd be good to get on actually, because the way he um you were saying before that he's been he's been trying this spinning back elbow in a few different fights. Yeah, and it just wasn't wasn't quite finding its home. It wasn't yeah. really landing. Yeah, and most people would abandon it. You know, like if you'd thrown it and you're like, fuck, it's not landing. Don't not worry about perseverance. it. Perseverance. So yeah, he's in the past he's won by spinning elbow and it went viral, and then he was trying it into another fight didn't land and then he tried it against his last fight before this against Brian Caraway, former top three ranked bantamweight in the UFC and Raja lost by decision and at one point threw a spinning elbow and it landed just on the shoulder and the collarbone so yeah, just so it was getting close. inches off being a, yeah. another devastating KO yeah. and it's as you said so easy to ah oh, this doesn't land let me start playing a different game and maybe whatever you can change your style but he's like nah and in the gym, we, we were practicing it. Like, he would throw it in sparring, he'd drill it, even against the cage, grappling. Um, and it was definitely finding his target in the gym. So we knew it was on point. Yeah. And he refined it, just a matter of distance. And that possum thing is, is kind of what helped him with it as well. Because he found that that helps you manage your distance because you're still aware. And then as they rush in, you just spin. Bang. 
and what a night. And a big shout out to the whole team at Absolute, um, for sure, including head honcho Simon Carson. What a night, because we had four for four there, three for three on the Gold Coast card. We had Lyle on AFC win also by finish. Um, so, like, great end to the year. And now we got big Jake Honey Bear Hume over in Ryzen. Um, yeah, yeah, fighting yeah. a heavyweight shot. He's American, yeah. He's American. Yeah, yeah he's American. He's a crate. Like he's come down. High level striker. Um, yeah, he's a big boy. Huh? Big boy. He can do it all. Wrestle, strike, grapple. So he's looking sharp, and I'm telling you, he's gonna make, he's gonna put on a massive show. New Year's Eve in Japan. Oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. They yeah. get into it, aren't yeah, they? They get, get into, into it. Over People there. don't know that the like the Japanese crowd, the Russian crowd, they've got their own gigantic market yeah. of like fight fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't yeah. play around. He even puts his posts in Japanese and, and whatnot, some of them, because he knows like all these people. They even make little cards of them, like fighter cards and people. Like, Can he speak s- Japanese? I don't think so, no. Nah. We'll just tra- Google Translate. Probably Google Translate. Probably just like the, the little phrases you need to get past. Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's been over there a bit, yeah? Yeah, he's been he fighting Horizon for a little while now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you live there or he just goes over there to compete? I don't know, actually. And just stays uh, there for a bit? I'm not sure, because I, I only came to Absolute at the start of the year and he was already there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm... I'm I don't think he has lived there, but... Because that be sort of tripped me out. Remember what, um, the post I tagged you the other day when... Because Adesanya, he, we know that he's been around for a mm. long time. And when he was fighting in China, and then he bumped into a Chinese fan. Speaking Chinese. Speaking, speaking Mandarin Chinese. or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was Mandarin or Cantonese. But, but I'm like, what man. the fuck? This guy's holding his own in a conversation How in Chinese. You're yeah. like, what? You just fighters, forget that this guy's been around, you know? Fighters have a unique lifestyle in terms of being able to travel and go around and do different things and there are difficulties that you miss out on but there's also the beauty is that you get to get a bunch of experience that many people will never have yeah that is true you pick up along the way because i mean you've everyone most fighters have a pretty similar mindset in terms of everything and i feel like they're the best example of what a player one resembles Mm -hmm. because you've got to really go out as much as it's a team sport where you've got your team in the gym Mm. you're completely alone in the cage and you have to really find your own. You've got to stand your own. And they use that same sort of mindset, that tactical mindset, how to yeah. pick apart a person. They can use it to any any sort of subject that they choose, Oof, whether it be a like, language or whatever. And you see that because, for example, with let's say Raja and Jack and all the guys that had great finishes and fights on, on Hex, um, like you said, they might have missed a technique in your biggest opportunity in your, big, in your previous fight, but just like being player one, you go back, let's say you're playing Street Fighter, your, your move doesn't work, you're not going to not throw it again. You go back, you work on it, you refine it in training, you um, build off reactions, and then you come back, do it again, and there you go. And then when it lands, you're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> like with your, with your flying knee. That was weird, because I feel like, um, I didn't see you pra- oh, to be fair, I'm not in the, the yeah. same gym as you anymore, but I felt like I didn't see you practice it much, but I'm sure that you would have because I remember when we were talking about it, you're like, this is exactly how I was setting it up mm. the whole time. And I'm like, well, he, fuck, he must have been doing it. I mean, yeah. I don't, you really? rarely throw something that you don't know how to throw. Very, like it's so, it's, it's when you fight, you're in such a different, as you would know, you're in a different mode of operation. So it's very difficult to do things you haven't done before. Yeah. So things that you execute are things that you've executed before. So for us, it was preparation and to, I was practicing that to the point where I was with um, uh, Tao, one of the striking pad holders at, at Absolute, and a Muay Thai, um, like, he's got such a wealth of experience in Muay Thai and striking, and we're walking after the weight cut, we're walking in the Gold Coast somewhere, I think down near some beach, and I'm just walking and shadow boxing, and then I'd be shuffle forward, shuffle back, jump, 
throw the knee. I just, I just do. Are you I timing it when they come in? Yeah, in my head, I'm picturing as I shuffle forward, pressure there, and then as I shuffle back, he chases, chases, bang, jump. So, are you even waiting for the strike, or you just throw it anyway? No, you you wait for. It's like now what I'm focusing on is throwing underneath someone's strike. So you wait yep. exactly as they begin to move, bang. Yeah. So that's and it's not as hard as it looks like to act to execute. You just if you throw in a right hand next time everyone can try this just wait till as soon as you see them move for the jab run in and throw it just throwing it on that timing is ridiculous so yeah, yeah I was throwing and Tao was like damn you really want to land that knee I'm like yep <laughs> <laughs> and then as I, when I threw it in the cage he came over and he was like yeah we had a little laugh about it that's sick if you haven't already if you haven't seen that <laughs> flying knee KO we've talked about it before in, in a previous episode that we didn't release if you haven't you've got make sure you go to our Instagram and check out Sam's flying knee KO it was in well, the last like three seconds yeah. of the third or fifth round? Yeah, I think last two seconds of the third round. Third round, yeah. yeah. Which, is the, which was the final round. Very end of the fight, and he throws it, and it fucking clocked this dude. <laughs> that was sick. That was nice to it's see. It's like, um, we were also mentioning with fighters and whatnot, you look at, I was thinking about gladiators, and I watched some movie, and I was like, there's not much, it's not much different to what we do today, because it's the same idea. For some reason, there's something about fighting which is attractive to watch people want to see it a contest of um some like it's the ultimate in physical competition so back when you watch the gladiators and they're duking it out in a coliseum somewhere the guys just going thumbs up thumbs down kill him don't it's the same thing here you have top high-ranking celebrities coming through you have the president of the united states coming to a fight (laughs) you've got like it's an attraction it's a spectacle um yeah and it's been around in some form or another since the beginning of time look it's at every so attractive like the senegalese have some senegalese wrestling yeah uh, you got boxing you've got pe- people in asia with muay thai um fighting is a part combat sports is a part of like almost every culture yeah yeah it's just so primal and i think that it's crazy especially animals who doesn't who doesn't follow um Nature, nature is, is scary. Oh, yeah, nature both is metal. Of them, both of them. Yeah. Oh, there's nature is scary. Yeah, well. they're both crazy. Oh, I found another yeah. one. It was like beast, beast something. It's so attractive. You want to watch these animals do what animals oh, do best. They it. hunt yeah. and they kill, and that's a part of life. It's yeah. always been a part of life. And then f- for the fact that humans get around it too, because whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, we're a creature as well. Mm. We're an animal, and we still have these very primal instincts lodged yeah. in, in, in our brain you know yeah, and exactly. they come out in the form of martial arts where there's a few more rules yeah. now you can't exactly yeah. just kill someone but man you can get as close as you yeah. can get to it you know it's just, a, it's just a contest it's ridiculous it's so sick it's the most entertaining sport I think I've ever been oh, for sure. involved in it's like that's why so many of us gravitate towards it whether you do it for self defence whether you do it for whatever reason once you transcend the reason you're doing it for and you start like enjoying it for what it is you know you're not going to do any other sport to the same level because they're just not as fun they're just not as fun playing soccer i was playing before i thought was the funnest thing in the world and then you start fighting and for me i started jujitsu muay thai first and then you're like this is so much more fun you started in the off season of soccer right in the off season of soccer jumped in i was just uh we just moved to sunbury um which i lived in randomly for one year and I remember I caught the bus home and I was waiting for someone to pick me up um, from the station and I see this I see this um, sign saying limitless or mixed martial arts and fitness and I was like fighting's pretty cool pretty fun I'm like I'm gonna jump in and like check this out so I remember I had 
like a burger in my hand, I think. Oh, you got Hungry Jack's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack's yeah. in my hand. And I walk in and it's Megan at the reception. And she's like, can I help you? And I'm just like, skinny little kid with an afro. I'm like, oh yeah, I just want to do, I saw you do a free trial class. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can, um, when do you want to do it? I'm like, oh, well, I, can, I want to do it. And like now, if, if I can. And I don't, I think she said like, um, I think we rescheduled it for me to come in the next day or whatever, but yeah. I did. And then- It was just jujitsu you did first? Yeah, and I just jumped in into a jujitsu class. Yeah, put on some old gi someone else had. Yeah. And I remember someone, I just got choked like this. Someone just grabbed two knuckles into the gi oh. and just went <laughs> full college. And I was just like uh, tapping out. And then I just kept rolling. I just yeah. kept rolling. And then that was it. Like I just kept training day after day after day. I was playing NPL and then it started cutting into my training for NPL. I was playing at Hume City and I remember my coach Jose said to me, you got to pick what you're going to do. It was like classic storyline. you got to pick. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And I'm like, I remember when he asked me, I already knew the answer. I was just like, ah, oh, all right. Well, it was a great season. It was only one game of the season. I was like, see ya. <laughs> like, just yeah, shook bye. his hand and that was yeah, it. Yeah, shook done. his hand, left. And he's, to be fair, he's like, look, whatever you put your mind to, I know you'll do really well in. He's like, so it's, a, it's sad to see you go. He's like, but all the all the best with your with your fighting and whatnot. That's sick. And yeah, you, there you go. So how long was it uh, until I came in and then I seen you? How long were you there for? I don't know. I remember... Because, bro, I walk in and I'm like, oh, this must be the coach's son because he's walking around like he owns a joint. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is this kid with an afro? Oh, shit. I got, I, I got so sick. comfortable so quick in yeah. that gym. I was mad. That was sick. Man, but, um, and hilarious. then you had a pretty good start. You had a pretty quick... You yeah, went to competition straight away, Honestly, right? I think about the martial arts journey that we're still only just starting out on. And I think to myself, um, everything has happened and has been a positive experience, whether it has been a loss or a win. Because I think I started, and we all did, with such a good base with Troy. Because yeah. the way he talked about martial arts to me and fighting, he made it so easy, so laid back. I remember I'd been training only three weeks and three or four weeks and there was a renegade comp and I was I really wanted to compete but I was nervous as to whether Troy would say yes or no so I just brought it up I was like oh is that comp on the week on like next week whatever you posted about he's like yeah do you want, do you want to do it I'm like oh if that's all right yeah he goes of course bro jump, like jump in and then a lot of coaches won't do that because they don't want their guy to lose they don't want their gym to look bad and Troy's like no nah, jump in like it was a renegade comp I went in got submitted like instantly because I just <laughs> you know that nerves before it was the very yeah. first like, pref- like not pre- like competition type format I'm like uh, what's going on what's going on I just yeah. ran forward <laughs> got choked and then that, that was it the nerves were gone and the next three fights I just won yeah because yeah. I ran Robbins in Renegade and I just yeah won the next three like and best then of four. Troy was just like always encouraging of the sport and obviously his training mindset the things that he instilled in us in terms of like um how to approach going into competition, how to approach training, and then always telling us like you can like he I remember him saying you can be world champion, like and to me I was like oh yeah I can true, he's like yeah you can it's like anyone can it's a matter of doing the things yeah like you do the things and you, you get the thing I'm like all yeah, right like that's a good simple. point yeah. yeah that's sick my um my start was a little bit different I've told this story a couple of times um, never on the podcast I actually told it the other day to to a mate but I put a photo up on my Instagram that some people um, might have seen of me getting absolutely bashed. My face is caved in. You can see it on my, my Instagram. But um, my start was a little bit different because I started off 
uh, just playing football with the boys only because the boys we, played it. Yeah. Just trying to tackle people, you know. <laughs> and then um, I went into a little bit of Muay Thai because a friend was doing it, but it was nothing serious. We're grading in Muay Thai. Like, that's how unserious the gym was. So there's no grading in Muay Thai. But we were getting, like, belts and shit, yeah. which is weird. And I did that for, like, maybe a year on and off. No competition or anything. Just learning basic shit. And then um, I was, like, 17 or 18, and we're in Barwon Heads, which is sort of near Torquay. It's like a surf surf area and um i was with two mates oh two mates and three girls and then we we're just having a having a little dance you know having a good night everyone's drinking and it got to like 1 30 a.m and then the classic you know like, oh one more song we're, we're about to leave and i'm like no nah, no nah, one more dance like the song came on I'm like oh this is my jam yes, i'm going in i go on the dance floor with my mate rock smith and um and one of the girls and we're just dancing and the next minute um rock like shuffles off to the side and he's like, yeah, move over here. We'll, we'll dance over here. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And the next minute, I'm just soaked, saturated. I'm like, what the hell? Like someone's thrown like three drinks at me at once or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I just turn to whoever was next to me. And this dude was just built like, he was just fucking built like a brick shit house. And he had face tats, blonde hair, rings on. And I'm just like, who threw the drink? And he goes, oh, who threw the drink? And he just turns his head, looks, looks over his shoulder. And I'm like, went to look over his shoulder. I'm like, oh, what's he looking at? Bang, just clocked me in the left hand. And I clocked me, I turned my head. By the turn I look back, there's just three of them just holding my mate Rourke down and just all up cutting at once. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta do something. So I just run in, don't know what I'm doing. I'm just swinging at everyone. And then the bouncers come and break it up. And then the bouncers go and break it up and I lost Rourke. And then I'm looking around trying to find him and I find him and he's just bleeding from forehead to chin, just yeah. dripping blood. And I'm like, shit, we gotta get out of here. So I just call the taxi. I put him in the taxi with two of the girls. And then I lost everyone. I'm like, fuck, I can't find uh, my miso and my mate Jesse. Mm. And I'm like, shit, what do I do? So I went to try and leave. And then the only way out is like, you go to the front door and it's got the beer garden walls. So it's like a straight alley to get mm. out. It's the only way out. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I go, <laughs> go stand out. And then there's four bouncers holding each other's hands at the end of the walkway. And there's 12 of them just leaning over the bouncer's hands like you're fucked just pointing screaming yeah. and i'm like oh my you're god like, i'm dead but i'm That's blind you know. but i'm blind yeah. i've been drinking all night so i'm just being a smart ass i'm like <laughs> fucking what are you gonna do i'm flipping them off <laughs> i'm laughing at him I'm like what are you gonna do i'll take his all on next minute just being a little smart ass next minute that guy that um hit me on the dance floor this big 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 dude he's just staring at me and then he's just just flipped he's like nah and then just Hulk smashes the bouncer's hands and just starts sprinting towards me. And Bang. I'm just watching him and I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucked. I didn't even do anything. I was just, I don't yeah, know what I was thinking. A, he just clocked me the right hand and I'm like, I just laughed at him like, is that it? Does it again? Next minute I wake up and there's like three of them standing over me, just punching me, yeah. kicking me, whatever. And then um, I get up, I'm trying to fight back. And then I see my mate, Jesse. He just come out of nowhere. His kid's got balls like you've never huh. seen. Just uh, runs in, yeah. doesn't care there's 13 of them, just runs in, just doing what he can. And then one, one minute, we're both laying on the ground, like six feet apart from yeah. each other, just looking at each other while we're both getting our heads kicked in. And I was just <laughs> locking eyes, movie. we're like, oh no. Oh, shit. And then we end up getting up. I don't know how, but the bouncers are trying to, like, trying to stop it. And then all of a sudden, um, I get thrown to the side and I'm out the front. And then there's these two guys two nice looking walks they've got white shirts mm. slacks on and he goes fuck bro you're right like my eyes fucked i'm bleeding and he goes oh are you italian i'm like 
yeah, I'm Italian. And he goes, boys. And he, no shit, calls like six of his mates, all white shirt slacks. He goes, hey, he's Italian. Let's get him. <laughs> they just run in. Just run in. Yeah. Run in and start helping us out. I'm like, shit, this is our chance to get out. So I grab Jesse and um, there's a taxi driving past. And I'm like, just get in the taxi. Let's go. As we're both trying to get in, like he gets in. I try and get in. I get pulled out. They're trying to kick me again. I get back in and Jesse's out. It was a mess trying to get in. Yeah. And then they're throwing rocks at the taxis trying to get it out. And the taxi driver's yelling at us like, come on, come on, we've got to go. I'm like, fuck. And then Jesse's in. Taxi starts driving off and I'm running for the taxi. I'm running and I just dive into the back window <laughs> and then I'm hanging out and he just drives off. I mean, Fucking crazy. And after that day, I couldn't open my eye for like a week. It was mm. just swollen shut. And I'm like fuck i need to learn how to do something because i didn't i was on the ground yeah you know how that statistic 90 percent of street fights end, end up, up on the, the ground, ground which is so true under 13 yeah. under 30 seconds or something and i'm like fuck. i read that somewhere i don't know where and i had a mate he was also um doing some illegal street fighting yeah. on the friday nights I yeah think he's I told cool you we met him he was literally me um doing like fight nights on yeah. friday nights it was crazy and he goes oh i've been training a bit of jujitsu at this place called limitless and we're working at the pizza yeah. shop together and I'm like, oh, well, I trust you. I'm, I'm, I want to learn how to fight on the ground. Yeah. Like, I got my head kicked in not too long ago. And then I remember going in there. And then I remember the day I walked in and I see this skinny kid with an afro. And he's just trotting around like he owns joint. Hey, what's going on, bro? Welcome to the Limitless. I'm like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck? Is this guy a sales rep? Oh, shit. And then I'm like, yeah, that's it. We just, me and you kicked it, you kicked it off with you on the yeah, first day I got it. in there. And fuck, then that was mad. I remember that. What's that's that four so, years ago? Yeah. Damn. That's hilarious, man. That's that's life. And we all got those fucking stories, but every situation makes you different, better, more respect because oh, yeah. everyone wants to walk around and be that sick cunt, wants to punch on and throw hands. When you've got to realize, and everyone realizes this sooner or later, or most people do, you got to pick when you do that and when not to. Sometimes it's like, why? Why be a hero? You can just kick it. But then sometimes it's like, you've got to back your mates up, like your situation. Um, you see your mate like, getting hurt and Jesse, obviously Jesse's, um, one of your mates, I met him at Limitless. He's obviously yeah. a top bloke. Like, he's been fighting now. He's four yeah. and zero. Went four and zero this year. Muay Thai, yeah, yeah. Killer. killer. And he, you can tell every time from sparring with him early, I'm like, that height, that reach is going to be yeah. a problem for many people. Yeah, he's so, tuned in. Um, oh shit, I forgot to mention. You remember those 12, 13 guys? I forgot to mention that they were part of the Banditos. You know, the oh, Barky Yang. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, no one listens is yeah. familiar with the Banditos. Uh, I got no beef with them, you know. But you know, but anyway, yeah. Mm. So that was my my first introduction to to how I got into martial arts. I mean, and a lot of people get into it for certain reasons. Some people, it's always just been around them, their parents, and that mm. have been involved. Or I think a lot of people get involved to begin with for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think they want to come in because they've been watching some UFC and they want to learn how to smash someone or whatever. But those guys never stick never around anyway. Ever. Because they never do. Maybe, I can't say never, but it's just very hard to stick around on, a, on that kind of basis. Yeah. Yeah, because you quickly learn... You well, straight away the first day you're getting mm. that's it you, you get checked you get like I said two knuckles into my throat like most <laughs> yeah. people haven't even felt that it just feels ridiculous like that kind of fucking hurts eh? <laughs> yeah. you just going straight in and you're like I remember going oh, I'm coughing after my your throat's a little bit bruised and I just tap and then I remember thinking like there's a bit of like I'm gonna get this this guy back and he was big yeah, um, yeah. What I'm saying, I, think I, I know remember, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> he was big big bloke and I was like I weighed back then, I think I weighed, I walked around at like 62 kilos. And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna get this guy back. <laughs> and it took it took like at least, I think at least seven, eight months for me to get good enough to get this guy. But before then, that's what pushed me through. Just wanting to 
to get everyone. And yeah. then after that, you, like I said, you transcend that reason, like we both have, and then you just start loving martial arts for the beauty of it. Yeah. timing every aspect of it you can go on all day but yeah. like and you're never competing you at the start i feel like you want to you want to get that blue yeah. belt you know like I, if i can get that blue belt you know i should be a blue belt then i want to get that purple belt yeah. you want to beat those top level guys and then it becomes to a point where you're like just i'm get, just competing against me yeah, just i just want to beat me i just want to get better and better because it's all about potential as well you go i want to fulfill my martial arts potential i want to be the best version i can be and then in terms of competition i think to myself well, I fully believe in myself. I feel like the best version of me can be a world champion. So I go, well, one, why not make that a goal? Tie that into each other. Yeah. And then, um, but then you think fighting is one thing. And then you get into like what we were talking about the last podcast. And people bring in, like, if, if I was pulling up on someone and he pulled out a, a knife or a gun or yeah, whatever, I'd just yeah. be like, see ya. Yeah, that's turn. it. I'm not going to put up with that. Hell no. 100%. Hell no. Why risk it? Why? Because that's when you, you just ego is getting yeah. in the way. Why do that to yourself? And the thing is, weapons were made for a reason. Like, weapons change the face of the earth and, the, like, the face of humanity and how warfare and whatnot is conducted. True. Look at, it, like, it's suddenly <laughs> the, the empowerment one person gets from having a weapon is ridiculous. You can do almost, like, look at, look at assassinations. Look at JFK, the, a president of a country, an, a country that's supposed to be a Western country um, running in order and whatnot gets killed and then you go yeah. what the hell that shook the world at the time and I'm only bringing it up because I heard I was listening to Joe Rogan on um, talking to someone about it and they were mentioning how they were talking about the topic of the Kennedys the whole family and then saying two of the brothers got killed one of them's president um, how ridiculous is that yeah. like what, what can go on in a society or a country where a president can get, can get killed in a society with order as well and then he starts talking about secret societies and he goes, well, JFK gave a speech about secret societies and they played on the podcast and he goes, people that are run with societies with unlimited money. I'm like, how is this guy talking about all these kind of things? It's so ridiculous. So president is talking about yeah, the secret, secret societies that are going on. It's ridiculous. That's and I crazy. was tripping out and listening to this. And obviously me and you, everyone probably has had that conversation about secret societies, Illuminati, this and that. Illuminati, Bilderbergs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all but comes up. But then you think about it and you go, there's got to be something because time is obviously um, like everything's been around for so long. What to say and who's to say that there isn't a group of people that maybe not control everything, but do something, have some impact. Yeah. Look at the top people in um, positions of power, like presidents, governments. Are you to say that any of those guys aren't or haven't been affiliated with any sort of weird group or weird cult, and then that once they get that power, they start trying to do things and try like. You know, not to go fucking Eddie Bravo here, because people were talking about <laughs> flat Earth and shit Alex like that. Jones. But like, um, it could be something on a smaller scale, just a bunch of rich, rich people that have some weird fetish and who knows end up doing some weird shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, the best case that, well, the most recent case is obviously the Epstein, mm. the whole Epstein controversy that's going on with. Um, so he was a financer. I don't know. They're not too sure how he got his money. Money. Some say that he was financing through. Um, he had an art gallery and he was mm. selling rare pieces of art to get his money and he was financing giving loans to other people and obviously collecting the interest to make all his money and he got pretty rich that he owned his own island and then this has been documented countless times that he was getting a lot of people in positions of power JFK oh no no not JFK yeah. um, um, was it Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton yes. Bill Clinton he flew visited. them 26 Trump times visited. Trump 
anyone you can think of was flying to his island and it was known they've been documented since like the early 2000s yeah. where young women like 14 years old were coming out saying mm. that this island is literally just a pedophile island yeah and this has been going on for years and he had an early case in the early 2000s that came out and that was dismissed I'm, I'm not too sure what happened maybe he paid someone off i don't know and then yeah obviously he, he got finally got convicted last year i think yeah last year he got convicted and then um once he was convicted of like everything started coming out to the public eye and then a lot of weird things started coming out and then people realized they, they checked like the flight records and they go wait this many people have flown over to this guy's island and this guy's been convicted of having like underage women like at this place which were just essentially prostituted off yeah what else is happening on this island and the the names the high profile list of names is what was most um yeah exactly revealing. what we're saying like people in power do you know what i mean and like, then what, he, are they, what are they doing there then he gets and then he gets um put in prison for a little bit and they put him on suicide watch and then suddenly he kills himself well wasn't he he was they were um he was going to be put on trial and he mm. said that he made a deal with them to say that if he gave up names that they would reduce his sentence yeah. And, and then, then before he testifies, bang! Well, he's committed suicide. He's committed suicide in a room with, in a in a particular location or in some prison where it's on suicide watch. How do you fuck that up? Especially you have such a high profile person who can, um, like, whistleblow on a, yeah. a massive amount of things. And then the security cameras in that room on that day weren't working. Surprise! And then the like the autopsy wasn't completely conclusive. Like there's differing reports, but apparently he had like a fractured. Um, fractured collarbone whatever it's yeah. like it's obvious it's like such bullshit yeah. and, and what they say they say he hung himself they say he hung himself but anyone that does any level of research it can be super basic and you look into anything you instantly it's the one case unlike flat earth or other thought, sort of things that are, it's the one thing where you look at and you say this isn't a conspiracy this is obviously fucked up <laughs> yeah. like it's just so obvious and you look at the charges the beautiful thing about um, the law and the legal system is that charges of course, they can be fabricated, but once they're there, it's on paper. People can go back and look at those cases. And you yeah, look at it and you go, wait, this guy was charged for this? Then you look at flight records. These guys have all been there. No one denies going to his fucking island because they know everything's there. They just say that nothing happened when they were there. Yeah, it's like, come and on. And then you think maybe, what if people are getting flown out there and then they do some weird shit and then now suddenly we've got info on you. You better do this or we put out that you've got... Uh, that you've done this and this with an underage girl or, un yeah. or whatever like it's so entirely ways. possible entirely it's entirely possible. possible and this has been going on for years because remember when Alex Jones mm. went, um, he ratted out that secret society they were doing in the woods yeah did you ever see that one the one where it's what's what, it called Bohemian Bohemian, um, Bohemian Grove Bohemian Grove that yes. is weird that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen because Alex Jones is renowned for being yeah. a huge a huge conspiracy theorist, pretty fucking crazy to pretty be honest. Crazy guy, yeah. But he has a lot of merit to what he says. Some of some the time. of some of what he says is complete bullshit, and I think that's what happens when you are that invested in conspiracies, yeah. like him and Eddie. You suddenly start taking to every little yeah, everything's thing. a conspiracy. But there's a, there's some truth to some of the things that he says, and that is a, there's a that video was, on YouTube. He, yeah, he there's recorded. It. He yeah. snuck into Bohemian yeah. Bohemian Grove. If you haven't seen it, look up um, Alex Jones Bohemian Grove. He sneaks into this. I'm not too. I'm not too sure exactly where it is, but it's in the woods somewhere. He sneaks into it during daytime, mm -hmm. and he, he goes in, and it's just like cabins in the woods. There's a lot of guys, a lot of old white dudes. And they're dudes. rich. They're all super. Everyone's rich. rich. Everyone super, in there is rich. rich. You have to be rich to get yeah. in. I don't know how the fuck he gets in, 
he gets in he's got a little camera tied to his waist or something the whole time and he goes in nothing nothing's going on during the day they're just eating drinking everyone's chatting and then it gets to night time and he's hiding in the woods and it's like a big grandstand mm. exactly how you'd imagine like a football field going down and in the middle middle there's a river and everyone's sitting on this on the seats and then all of a sudden there's this big conga line of people wearing like kkk uniforms yeah. but the leaders all wearing like owl heads and shit and they're all walking yeah. out and you're like what they've the got this fuck? straw person or, or they've got some yeah, something yeah. they've built which is to represent a sacrifice and they start and you go what are these guys doing and you go that's just weird that's and just they're crazy. just doing this weird like it's just this weird ritual that is taking place exactly mm. what you'd think about whenever you hear like the whole sacrifice sort of thing and there's just these guys talking some shit it's tra- all subtitled and translated I can't remember exactly what they're saying they're saying but it's like they're, yeah. it's like they're praying to this owl god it's yes, like an owl statue it's some owl statue whatever it's weird it's crazy and you're like what the yeah. fuck is this because these are all rich white dudes in positions of power and you're like what are they doing and then you look at pe- people tie that into oh this is obviously people going off the rail with their conspiracy theories but it's always fun to go down that rabbit hole and they're like oh Drake Drake's logo OVO oh, yeah. it's an owl but then you go and then people saying that you do that sign the triangle with an eye yeah the Illuminati if one. I ever get to any position of influence or any sort of where people might, I'm going to start throwing up little Illuminati gang signs <laughs> I'm going to start getting people on the conspiracies they'll be like oh shit because it's yeah. so funny like anyone I remember watching a video in high school of like Kobe Bryant like warming up before a game and his arms are swinging and then they pause the video when his arm swings forward and forms it's like a forms a triangle <laughs> and then I'm like this is Come going on. too yeah. far like just settle down 100% yeah. people get way invested and it's hard especially the hardest part is most people hear about this stuff on a YouTube video mm. and Joe Rogan made a good point that anytime you watch a YouTube video you're watching someone's biased uninterrupted opinion mm-hmm. so he can chat for 30 minutes with a well presented video and he's speaking on all these things nothing is verified he's just talking and you're like, after that 30 minutes, you're like, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> People do the whole this music industries all with the, the time with everything. Documentaries on Netflix, every situation. Yeah, that as well. And yeah. you go to yourself, it doesn't, you have to be, okay, Ray Dalio says something which I took on board um, recently. He goes, if you are radically open-minded, you are much more open to progress because your mind isn't closed in conversations, in arguments. You have to think to yourself, okay, is my opinion on this the best opinion on this? How correct am I? And then open yourself to possibilities. That's his, or one part of his definition of being radically open-minded. But when you come across YouTube videos, conspiracies, Netflix documentaries, and then you believe absolutely everything that is presented to you, you have to also be on the other side of the argument at all times. You also have to kind of play devil's advocate with yourself and with whoever's trying to present you information. Because as you said, it can be very convincing to look at someone's uninterrupted um, bias. view, bias, completely just directed towards you. And no one puts a YouTube video or a Netflix documentary up for no reason. They do it with a purpose. Yeah. And their purpose is to convince you of their opinion. of, their, of yeah. their. So your job is to look at that and then go find another one that's on the opposite side and then try and combine the both and make up your own mind and that's if you get into the whole game changers thing yeah that's a good one actually because this is everyone. still very relevant so this is a good one with the, um, the whole this is a perfect example of what we mean by this so obviously the game changers came out which is a plant-based um, documentary mm. really I mean they're not really advocating 
Well, they are actually. They are, they're pretty much advocating that plant-based diets are the best mm. and why you should turn plant-based. And that's a good one because he has a lot of examples that come on and a lot of different scientists, a lot of different studies. And obviously it's biased. Everyone that's everyone that he's using as an example, they're all is plant-based so advocates biased, in their own yeah. way. They have their own products. They have their own businesses based on it. And um, if you watch just that, you'll be like, oh shit, maybe I should turn <laughs> plant-based. Some of the examples he used, you're like, they're very convincing. But then the best way to, to go about that is that um, Joe Rogan did something pretty cool because he got on someone that totally disagreed with him. Mm-hmm. And that was an hour long, hour and a half or something long where they just pick apart Game Changers movie. And then if you watch that, you could be like, oh, Game Changers is total what, bullshit. What episode was that? Oh, 1376 yeah. or something. I'll try and find it. I want to With James Cresser. Yeah. Or Jeremy Cresser. And um, then he gets them on again with both of them. So he gets Jeremy or James Cresser mm-hmm. and he gets the... Oh, what's his name? Um, Whichever guy was the game Yeah, changer. he's the UFC yeah. guy that produced um, Game Changers. Mm. He gets them both on at the same time. Damn, and that's the best way you want to go about an argument because you want to see who can back up their claims mm. right there and then with both sides opposing yes. and then make up your best so decision after changes, that. Game Changers, I feel, did... Because there's... Okay, me and you both know how much value there is in eating plant-based or vegan or vegetarian. I myself am not vegetarian. Most of my diet is but i definitely eat meat but they did a disservice to themselves by being so biased because what they underestimated is in the information era that we're in now bless you in the information era that we're in now people aren't as um how do you say gullible like so anything that's presented there will be someone out there with the internet and they'll put their opinion up and that gives a differing side so when that happened people saw how massively biased they was they wore and the opposite effect almost took place people were like this is all complete bullshit which it isn't there's benefit and there's some validity to the whole plant-based diet but with some of their ridiculous examples like me and some of the boys that empower um were taking the absolute piss how the guy was saying he did battle ropes for like yeah. seven, seven minutes or two minutes whatever it was and then and that was his max for seven that was minutes max. two weeks later of eating plant-based and coming off injury he came back and he goes, fuck, I'm doing this for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, an hour of battle ropes. And I just decided to stop, bro. That is so stupid, so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And what's the obvious thing that first pops into your mind when he says, I did it for an hour? You go, you're talking shit. Well, like, no. Or, that's what I think. <laughs> or how high was your intensity? Anyone could do that for an hour if your intensity was it, at 10% bro, of your even, max heart rate. Even battle ropes for an hour is kind of hard, bro. Just but it's such a those, bad example. Yeah, it's such a bad example. Why would you like, say that? Overall, that's what I mean by he did a disservice because he's obviously trying really hard to push the plant-based thing to the point where he came up with some ridiculous examples which to some people they might look at and go, oh, but then the differing opinion will come and they'll realise it's bullshit. And then the, oh, what he did some other bullshit tests when I'm going to all of them but it's like when I look at things and I look for value in things if I'm looking at a topic and I find a book I'm going about it two ways if that book presents to me both arguments and tries their best to analyze both there's always going to be some level of bias but in the rare occasions that there isn't I say that's a valuable piece of um, information I'm going to pay a lot of attention to that and attach some value to that or if I don't find that then I'll find one person's biased opinion in their book presented well and academically and then I'll find the other person's opposite side and then try and go over both because people that can speak intelligently and articulate it's it's not hard to sound super convincing about a certain thing they can present it to you in a well thought out uh, process step by step and at the end of it you're like 
that's true. <laughs> yeah. Look at these documentaries yeah. about um, like different celebrities, like in and theories. You watch them, and then suddenly at the end of it, you're completely convinced this is so true. You go, wait, if it's so true, let's step back and look at the facts and try and figure out why or why not. Um, it's ridiculous. It's eh? the best way to go about it if you want the best results, mm. like scientifically. And that's I think like that's the whole battle. I mean, this has been a, a big essay topic since I can remember being in like year nine. We're, we're doing essays on this science versus um, religion or science mm. versus um, spirituality. And I like I like the idea of science if you want factual results on something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If that's if you want to know the truth of something, that's pretty much the best merit we have of measuring most of the truth. Empirical. Yeah. Based on evidence. Yeah. Based on research. based on evidence. There's no bias. That's just the way it is. It's objective. But then I also can't because I, I, at the moment I'm reading Stephen Hawking's book. Um, oh, what's it called? His last book that he wrote. That you mentioned it to me earlier. Um, where he presents his opinion on a bunch of different topics. Yeah, it's like his thoughts on the biggest matters or something. Thoughts on the Stephen Hawking's thoughts on I don't know something about the matters or something. But anyway, it's basically his last book, and he answers the ten biggest questions that most people ask, and they were big questions. Some were um, like, well, how does a black hole work? Mm. Should we um, should we try and conquer space mm. and travel? Travel, and then three was, uh, will AI take over the world? Things like that. Yeah. Big big questions. And basically, he was saying a lot of his he I mean he's been studying cosmology, which is the science of the origins of the universe, since he was in Cambridge and when he was like seventeen or eighteen. And that's a long time. He spent his whole life talking to it. Yeah. The, Made a lot of big of advancements. that you would pay attention to. You want to pay attention yeah. to this guy. He spends a whole lifetime studying this and he's still got so many open-ended, unanswered questions. Because, I mean, the more you search for an answer, the more questions you find yourself with. And then for a guy to, to spend his whole life with this and still not have all the answers, it's like science can't always explain everything. Mm. And he says this as well. And it's like... That's where you know there's value in that opinion. That's when... Because... Yeah, that's when I feel like there's value. Yeah, there's definitely value in the scientific opinion, but because then there's also value in the spirituality opinion yeah. because sometimes science can't explain it and sometimes spirituality gives a good it's another faith topic. towards yeah. it, you know? Again, that's why I said because he even mentions that and says science can't explain everything, that shows you his level of understanding in terms of... I like, the word wisdom applies to that person, yeah. any person that can hold two beliefs and try and understand them because people that follow or like strictly um, are proponents of science and scientific information and that, they can also get lost in that same thing where they close their mind off to absolutely everything else and say, no, this is true. When science usually is just theory. Yeah. It's just a theory based on what is being tested most and what is the most common result. Okay, that's the fact. But yeah, there's anyone that can say that understands. You can tell he's obviously... Um, had a lot of thought in his life to go over and be able to say that. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a that's the best. That's probably one of the best traits of most people that are experts in their field. Like I haven't personally met him, but you were talking about JJ Malia. Yeah, yeah. When he would, oh, this guy's what is he? His number one ranked number Australian. One, yeah, pound for pound or just his weight division. I'm not sure in pound for pound. I know in his weight division, amateur boxer in Australia, he's an absolute. I've only met him um, like a few times, but he's, I know he's a very good mate of some of the boys that empower. Yeah. Um, and he's a great, he's a high level boxer. Yeah. And Amateur boxer. And he's going to the Olympic trials? I think Olympic trials now. In Japan? Yeah. Is it Japan? I'm not sure where it is. We'll have to get him on because he's a pretty interesting cool. dude. But yeah, he's yeah. been boxing for a long time. He's obviously, he's obviously an expert. He's an amateur yeah. boxer, 
but he's been doing it for like 12 years or something. Yes. But you were telling me the other day that when you went down there and you were doing a bit of boxing mm. and then someone brought up, would a kickboxer or would yeah. an MMA guy beat a boxer in a fight? So I went down there the one time and um, I went there, my mate Liam McNeil, who also just recently, shout out to him, he won his fight, his MMA debut on Eternal. He's also had a bunch of Muay Thai fights and testament to him because you see this guy, Muay Thai fighter, MMA fighter, come down to a boxing gym to learn, similar to what I did for that one session. And I moved around with one of their guys there and as usual with any other boxer, I was like, fuck, this is another level. And then at the end, we we're chatting um, around hitting the bags and Liam McNeil goes, and he was talking to one of the other guys boxing there and the topic comes up of like Muay Thai versus, uh, or MMA versus boxing or Muay Thai versus boxing. And the guy's like, nah, I'll just run forward and it's typically like, I'll run forward and I'll be able to like land hands and whatnot. Like it's a different game, Muay yeah. Thai and MMA. Yeah. And then Jason, I remember him going, he goes, nah, fuck that. He's like, fuck kicks. He's like, that's a whole nother level. Like he goes, boxing is boxing. And then MMA is MMA and Muay Thai is Muay Thai. Yeah. So to be able to say that instantly, me not even knowing him that well, instantly showed me that this guy's mindset is in the right place. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to go to, like it just shows you, you can completely understand that he understands martial arts and his respect of holding two different um, martial arts and understanding both both of them having a different advantage it's no surprise he's where he's at yeah yeah because it's so easy to hold a biased opinion when you've been in something for over 10 years and to think that this is the best one it's that like beats everything else uh, it's like classic people that do bjj for the first time that came from another background like muay thai or or taekwondo or whatever it is and they're thinking like or karate where it's like more of a cultish mindset where like this is the absolute best martial art in the world then they get grabbed hold of and submitted and then they go ah <laughs> they, they, they learn yeah, yeah. but before that because you said they've been in it for so long then they're not so anyone that has been in a martial art like Troy our, our, my old coach and I still consider him a coach and your current coach at Limitless he was saying he's like I'm a jiu-jitsu guy he goes but he goes fuck MMA of course it's a different world because now there are strikes coming towards you yeah. and you got to deal with and then me going into boxing would be like okay it's a different world because these guys have spent their whole life focusing on their hands. They're scientists in what they do. And then boxing guy coming into MMA, um, example that we just used, to be like, no, 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 fuck that, because um, boxing is boxing, Muay Thai is Muay Thai, like you gotta deal with kicks and shit. It's yeah. like, fuck so it's that. It's a different yeah, game. It's a different, different game. game. So it's pretty hard to say which one would be the best mm -hmm. one. There's a few different arguments I guess you could make and in terms of best for what, and what is it best for competition or best for your lifetime? I your, think for, you know I mean? For self-defense, the best two martial arts you could do in terms of self-defense for the street would be BJJ, number one, number two, boxing. Because in the street, not many people are throwing kicks, knees, like maybe elbows you, you'll be throwing, people won't see them. But if you can box, let's say your boxing ability out of 10 is like a six, and your jiu-jitsu ability out of 10 is also a five or six, you're winning pretty much every fight you get into. And that's obviously, when it comes to weight differences, there's, there's a difference. But those two, you're in a pretty good stead. I would agree away. with that, actually. Yeah. Boxing and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I feel like wrestling would be a close third. Yeah, very close third, but because you can only hold the one. Because look at this. You take someone down, but then you don't know what to do when you're on the ground. Well, I mean, wrestling, uh, yeah, well, in terms of submitting someone. Submit, but submitting. But in terms of street fighting and being able to control positions. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. You don't need to know how to submit someone. As long as you control, stay on top. 
300 pounds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's really all you need. Yeah. I'm not going to... Really either one. I'd be I'd be comfortable with anyone substituting either of the other down. Yeah. Only true. reason jiu-jitsu is because people do look at takedowns in jiu-jitsu, not true. the same caliber. It's the same thing as comparing um, Muay Thai to boxing. Whereas Muay Thai, you have to do everything in terms of knees, elbows, kicks, strikes, tapes. Boxing, they focus just on the hands. And then in terms of comparing jiu-jitsu and, and um, wrestling... Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, you look at submissions, getting back up, taking people down. Whereas wrestling, they focus just on taking people yeah. down. So, so they are scientists yeah, in taking people down. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard one. But I think overall, what one would I want to carry throughout my whole life? I feel like you've got to think about what one will create the most longevity. Mm. What one can you do the longest? Jiu-Jitsu for sure. 100%. Yeah. Boxing, there's a lot of head trauma. Yeah. Same with every other martial art, apart from the grappling ones. A lot most of head striking, trauma. you're going to have trauma and, and your body as well will break when down. do you really see a 67 year old striking yeah. still very very rarely <laughs> never you don't see a see how many 60 year olds are competing in, in no boxing? definitely competing not competing zero potentially hitting the bags yeah. yeah for sure but you, you it's 100 percent. you will see 67 year olds oh, still walk, competing jiu-jitsu walk into 90 percent of jiu-jitsu gyms that are around and you won't be surprised they even have something happening in melbourne like a monthly masters meeting there's guys there of all um like different senior ages and just the fact that there are older people practicing bjj shows you that this martial art is effective and there's longevity here yeah you can do this for your whole life yeah. of course there's other risks okay you might injure a limb this and that it's not on the same level like the head trauma from mma like usually you're sparring it around once a week and less you spar less as you go on because you want to get less damage and less trauma. Yeah. Sparring is a necessary aspect of striking because you need to develop the, you need to get catch up to the fight speed if you're preparing for a fight and you need to apply things live. Jiu-Jitsu, you spar every single session yeah. because you're not, just no one's pounding on you. Yeah, you just, yeah. the sparring session in Jiu-Jitsu is just, you're rolling, you're grappling, you're wrestling. All that you're affecting is your cardio. You're getting fitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. That's an interesting one, isn't it? I but boxing is like amazing. I, I really need to focus on my boxing heaps. Like the more... It's so fun. Oh, dude, it's so fun. And there's, they've got it figured out, bro, because <laughs> they've done it forever. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long boxing's been around for, but it's been around forever. People have been throwing hands since day one. <laughs> yeah. So they've got it figured out in every aspect, full work. To, and you look at the MMA, um, the guys at the top have a really good understanding of their boxing. Yeah. You, and then, of course... They have, they of course, they have a base under the level of striking in terms of kicking and whatnot, um, but it's ridiculous. Well, if you just even look at the numbers, there's an there's a um, statistics UFC page you can follow. He throw he throws up statistics mm. every single day of all sorts. Um, I have to look it up and put it in the show notes. But he was putting up one where they were measuring statistics of different things used throughout throughout the whole year for each fighter and there was like the number of punches thrown number of kicks thrown knees elbows mm. takedowns and the number of punches thrown far outweighs everything else almost combined what else are you going to throw that's most most available yeah and it's in always available you can throw it you can throw it from the, on the ground if you really want through the clinch striking obviously it's the your safest. hands are your most used thing yeah. in mma because even in terms of um energy expenditure in mma the fitness level is ridiculously high. People say, oh, 12 rounds here, or jiu-jitsu, you're rolling. Ten. But MMA, you're doing everything. So you're grappling, and then you're switching to striking. So you've got to be careful with what you throw. So the reason why people throw hands more, it's less energy to throw hands. If you think about 
the percentage of energy that I like to think about when I, what percentage am I throwing out there? So if I start the fight with 100%, if I go for a takedown, that's a solid five to 10% and potentially more of, of energy that's being sapped out of you. Same thing with defending a takedown. Throwing a kick, also more energy needed than throwing, a, throwing your hands. Your hands can flick out, come back in with much less energy. A jab is like 0.5%. A heavy right hand, a heavy left hook, a heavy right kick, a high kick, your legs weigh a lot. Like yeah. you throw those things around and you get tired. So Especially my are, legs. Have you ever seen my legs? <laughs> They're big legs, right? Fucking thunder thighs. <laughs> but when you're throwing hands, it's like, it's, um, it's, and it's safer, it's better. That's why I'm realizing more and more. Against the cage, do you want to throw kicks and risk getting taken down? Yeah. When, when my back's to the fence, within a certain distance, two or three steps away, I'm not throwing kicks anymore. I'm obviously trying to turn around and come back to the center. So you throw hands. It's hard to get taken down off throwing hands unless someone well, times it well and yeah, comes right Because then underneath. you want to look at Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Duran. Jermaine Duran, what happened on the weekend. Overthrow on that right hand, boom, taken down. And she had beautiful takedowns. Oh. Turned the corner with everyone, I'm like, damn. And she, and she did get a bit tired. She'd, she'd lay on yeah. her a bit. But um, yeah, and that's why if you're talking, that's why anyone that talks about any sort of martial arts and discounts jujitsu from any or or discounts jujitsu or discounts MMA and says my martial art is the best. You go, you don't. You have no idea. MMA is there for a reason. It's to test. It was built to test which is the best martial art. So you need to know. Do you it think all, that right? MMA is its own martial art? I think it. I think MMA is the freest form of combat sport. It's not its. Yeah, own well, no form. doubt for sure. Not its own because for me. I feel it's too unrefined. Do you think that you could walk... So if it was to be its own martial art, you would have to say that it's a standalone. So if I walked in with no previous experience of any sort of martial art to an MMA gym only, do you think that I'm going to be at the same level to be able to hang with the guys in UFC? I think... As, com as compared to a guy that had a background in kickboxing for seven years and a background in jiu-jitsu for 10 years and then went MMA. I think as we move forward and the sport gets better and better and it grows because it's still very very young it will eventually get to a stage where and you see it now the top guys are so well-rounded there's guys in our gym like for example one of the boys that down at um absolute louis is a flyweight and he moves so well especially like for, like when he spars with other, other flyweights and whatnot very well-rounded strikes level changes wrestling you look at guys like pity yan fought uriah faber yeah, they do it all they mix it up um, but yeah. isn't, he's like Russian though, isn't he? He's Siberian. Yeah. Siberian. Wait, Russian. What a place to come from. But does, don't they have? Don't they usually all have like a solid background in wrestling? In wrestling, Sambo? I think so. But the thing is, he did I think something that was a hybrid, like similar to Sambo. Yeah. Where or I think he he also did Wushu Sando or something like that. Same thing that Zabit does, which utilizes all of it, like the striking as well as the um, grappling. So they have. That's why they have such a good base because as opposed to someone coming in that is really good with their hands, with their knees, with their kicks, these guys have been doing all of it from the start. So mentally, they're already prepared and they're in the same mental wavelength in an MMA fight to be aware of everything. Yeah. So they can, to them, whereas to me, shooting a takedown was foreign. It would be like hands, 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 feet, knees, kicks, takedown, ah, awkward. For them, <laughs> it's another tool. It's yeah, just like, yeah. for them, just like how they throw a, jab cross high kick it'd be like jab cross high kick takedown it's yeah. the same it's another tool to them 
that Dude, these fucking Russians are ridiculous, <laughs> bro. They're taking over. They're ridiculous. They're running through it. The beat's going to be featherweight champion. I believe that too. Um, yeah. I feel like... I mean, props to Volkanovski for winning. Oh, that was so sick. Yeah. It was a perfectly fight, but it's a beat, dude. He's a fucking yeah. animal. It's a beat's an absolute weapon. Um, and of course, anything can happen in that fight. For sure. Uh, Volkanovski might continue to, to prove everyone wrong. I don't know why people still doubt him. Like, he's. I've, I think apart from apart from Zabit, he's got absolutely everyone's number. Yeah, I believe. And I feel like even that Zabit fight, it's one of those where. It could go either way but I'm not that guy that's always going to sit on the fence when someone asks and be like oh well he could win it. of course either one yeah, could yeah, win yeah, yeah. always but I will give my my opinion I think Zabit wins just because of the wide array of tools that he has yeah um, but then you've got hmm I think Volkanovski beats Holloway even worse in the rematch I believe that too I think, I think he, he clips I think yeah. he carries him in the next rematch I think he I'm surprised him. he didn't in the first one um, because also everyone says Holloway's got a chin but the Don't more you get hit, the more you get hit, the worse it gets for you. Yeah. So the easier it is to get knocked out. You might have a chin or look at Mike Perry. He's never been finished or never been stopped outside of the submission. He got finished by what's his name, Jeff, Jeff O'Neill or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Got finished with what was it? TKO with hands. TKO with. We well, hit him with a head kick. It rocked him. And then him finished hands. him against the gauge. Yeah. Your brain can only, can only take so yeah. much. It's not like there's some people that have a magic padding in their head. Like, we're all got... Well, I don't know. I would kind of say that Nate Diaz has that fucking... <laughs> but look at how head. easily he gets dropped and look at how he speaks. It's not like everyone acts like he's okay. He's not okay. <laughs> look but at I him like and Nick. I been like that forever, bro. Yeah? I don't no, know. But you look at, okay, look at Nick Diaz talking in interviews six years ago, post-fight interviews, and then look at his last interview. It was ridiculous to watch. And I, I'm not saying this. Like, this is not cool to see I feel bad seeing this because I say yeah. this is what every fighter risks and he talks and he's obviously not okay dude he's like his head might still be there but his speech is massively slurred okay yeah that's true and that's he's, true. everything's completely impaired he looks a bit but it's like doesn't mean he can't fight but there are effects to taking that kind of head trauma so people yeah. say oh the Diaz brothers have a crazy chin and Nick has been even dropped hasn't he been dropped by a head kick didn't he lose yeah, by yes. yeah he, he, so like well, so Nate's been finished once before yeah. as well. So look at this. In, especially with MMA, it's like these strikes coming to you are heavy. Like a knee to the body, a kick to the head, an elbow. Like, these are scary finishes. That's true. No one's immune to this. No one is. You, there's definitely... There's a payback for everything. Yeah. It's not like you get rocked and you never get finished and you move on with life like your brain's still fine. There's a payback. Look at Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Rest well, he's obviously the, yeah. the best case for it, for sure. I mean, this is why Jiu-Jitsu is probably the, the best. best one for it. That's yeah. why for me, it's like, get as good as I can, as quick as I can, um, achieve what I want to achieve, and yeah. then just keep practicing martial arts. I'll still be training Muay Thai, MMA, boxing, and I'll be doing these things. Um, GSP is like a good example yeah. for that, Nick. He's I'll definitely my favorite. more Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah, for sure. GSP is GSP, for me, he's always been the GOAT. I mean, there's probably, there's probably um, arguments for Anderson Silva and John Jones, mm. But for me, JSP's Anderson Silva, hard to say because as much of a weapon as he was, of course he got finished pretty hardcore at the end of his <laughs> career. Yeah. But also, um, it's at a time when MMA was even newer than it is now. So the guys you were fighting were That's much true. blockier. Whereas GSP did it to those guys beautifully, puts it together ridiculously well. 
and did it in this current. He fought this year. Was it this year or last year? Last year. He fought Bisping, another weapon. Yeah. Um, and finished. And it. he's still looking at potentially fighting other top, Khabib. top wants guys. Khabib, Who wants to fight Khabib? Come on, bro. <laughs> Why would you want to I know. fight that dude? So, oh yeah, man, God. it's crazy. The look of the, I've never seen a look of such exhaustion All and right. defeat in anyone's eyes when people, they've been taken down by mm, Khabib. Man, people that have felt this inside a cage know what happens and they go it must be 10 times worse yeah. because there are guys let's say I'm in the gym I'm sparring some some big guys and they take you down when you get taken down yeah and then you're you're already so tired to the point where you can't defend yourself let's say you're used to standing up someone's holding your hands back behind your back trapping you your head's just stuck there and they're just laying into your <laughs> forehead and your chin and then they let you go again and you see it in their eyes when, in, especially when they zoom in in the yeah. UFC. The look of defeat is so. It's evident. just like, what do you do? Yeah. Fucking hell! You're just stuck there, and you're like, can this just end? <laughs> can this? People. Just that's why people end? give up. They yeah, quit. They that's why McGregor. He's got the heart of a warrior. You can't take that away from him. It's not like he gave up because he's a bitch in those fights. You're just turning your back because you have to turn your back. You're getting pounded on from the top. Look at like when Diaz was smashing yeah. him, or when Khabib is just beating the shit out of you. It's not necessarily something you can control. You see these fighters, the best thing you can do for a choke is probably just let yourself go out because you're not gonna die and you're not taking head trauma. It's just, you're just choking and you pass out, they let you go. But you can't blame him for tapping because- Oh yeah, I'm tapping. Cause I know you lose a bit of brain cells from yeah, being passed out Someone's like beating the shit out of you on top, you can't do nothing. And you're a striker, you wanna get up and stand, but you can't, instead you're just getting belted on the ground. You turn your back cause it's the best case scenario. You can't get up. Turn my back. Maybe something can happen. I can scramble. Unfortunately, you get choked the fuck out of <laughs> And there you go. Um, Dude, and Khabib so did that real. to everyone. That's why him, Ferguson, is going to be crazy. Yeah, because he's the one that's... I mean, he's the best argument for not really caring if he goes down. Mm. I feel like he's the best chance that anyone has if he goes down, which inevitably I think it's going to go to the ground. Yeah. And he's probably got the best, best offense on the ground when I look at myself now and I break down my my character into what I want to um, improve and I'm like okay distance management cool getting taken down and getting back um, getting back to my feet I'm pretty comfortable in creating that scramble these days and just scrambling and getting up but the next um, attribute to develop the next skill to develop is that really offensive guard when I yeah. get taken down fuck it I'll stay here and just throw up all, all kinds of attacks um, like like how Ferguson does, or even um, what's his, did you watch that fight with uh, Matt Brown and Brent Brendan Saunders or Ben Saunders? Matt, oh yes, yeah, Matt, yeah. Um, with the, the 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 crazy elbow guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that guy, the guy, uh, elbows. We won elbow, then finish and then finished TKO, TKO, yeah. yeah. But that guy he was fighting, I think it was Ben Saunders or Brendan Saunders. He's, they're both old dudes, mm. but he had a real offensive guard yeah. playing rubber guard. Yeah, every the time he got, he got taken down, bang, rubber Mission guard. Control, hold, hold that thing Locked there. him in a triangle the first round. And then I remember, yeah, so then Matt, Matt Brown stood, stepped over the knee yeah. and then it was shut down. Yeah. Then rubber guard was gone. Yeah. That's, he stepped over the knee, closed that distance. The guy couldn't get his leg back and he just trapped him and just started punching. Yeah, so there was definitely a hole in it, mm. but to just know that you're, because it plays on your mind. Yeah. If you've just got this guy on the ground, you think you're on top, you're winning. And then they're, they're just throwing up subs. You're like, fuck, I don't want to do You don't want to go there no more. Yeah. That's why you look at um, Ferguson and you go, what a fight that's going to be. Yeah. Because what's going to happen? That's the question we want to know. What's going to happen? 
That's why MMA is more interesting to me than every other martial art because I go, what's going to happen with these two guys? Such a difference. Where you might go a striking fight, you might say, this guy's got really good distance control. This guy is really offensive. What's going to happen? In MMA, it's complete different. This yeah. guy can do all sorts of shit on the ground. This guy likes to take like it's so much more. And he's so unorthodox. Yeah, I really crazy. feel like that guys that are unorthodox these days have the best chance of being those outliers. Look it at is, all unorthodox yeah. guys. Look at Deontay Wilder, the most unorthodox boxer I think I've ever seen. But with a beautiful straight right. But with the, just crazy power. And yeah. I think he gets that power because he's so unorthodox. He's throwing it from weird angles and he's just looping him, yeah. just launching it from the ground up and it's smacking you that hard. Man. You don't have to have the perfect technique versus, if you're doing that. Um, who was, I forgot the guy's name. I think it was Stiverne, the, the Jamaican guy. But that was a crazy fight because you see when he hurt him and then he just ran at him like a wild man. Yeah. Just jump and swing and technique crazy. out the door but man who needs a technique when you swing that but heart? again he does that when he's hurt people he's a very intelligent fighter that's true when he's not hurt he jabs sits back jab, like does what he has to do but when they're hurt he knows he can unleash yeah because he touches people and something happens to them and he knows they're not going to be yeah. him did you see that I watched it um, I watched it back that episode he did with Joe Rogan and he was saying he's like um, I don't know what's happening he's like I, I question myself every day I don't know what's happened but I've been gifted with this power He's saying like, when he would fight out. in the streets, he goes, I knew that from yeah. my college days because when people would fight with me, I'd hit them and they'd be gone. So I knew I had power from day one. Yeah. And that confidence, you see that just emanate from him. He knows it. Yeah. And that's the, honestly, that mindset is one of the biggest things I've taken. We could probably like end it on this note. Listening to Jorge Masvidal and other fighters and saying how they've come out and just chased that finish and said to themselves, okay, I need to separate myself from the pack by just ending everyone in all my fights. And when I watched Hex on the weekend and I, I said, this is what you have to do. You have to hurt these guys and come forward aggressive. Not crazy, as you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. but you have to go and be someone that looks to finish. I, you don't want to fight like, who can we say? Like how Usman used to fight um, because it's boring and sometimes you can't let that, that doesn't sit right with you. You need to try and finish the guys when they're hurt. Your game plan, best way to say it, your game plan should be directed towards getting a finish, yeah. not towards waiting out. Because then yeah. when you develop and you get a few finishes behind you, people fight you, they're already on the back foot before they start because they know what is capable of happening. It's like if you spar with someone in the gym that you know um, can go lights out with other people, you spar differently. You're safer, you try to be doing other things, but you're already in their pocket if they've done their, if they're fighting correctly. So that's the mindset I'm trying yeah. to like. Yeah. Well, it's perfect for an MMA career and it's also perfect for self-mastery because Gordon yeah. Ryan has a good argument where he says that he doesn't feel like he's won regardless if he wins the title or whatever or not. If he didn't, submit the guy. Submit them and not have a single point scored against them. Yeah. That's the perfect way. You're going to have a beautiful career if you're always winning like that and you're going to you're going to master what it is that mm. you're doing. You're going to feel so good inside yeah. to know that you're perfect at this, yeah. you know? You have to aim at that level. For everything and I can tell you everyone that's at the top is aiming at that level yeah. and there's n not to say there's anything wrong with um, Usman or other, other fighters that like to draw out a, a majority decision because that happens too what's more important winning depends because some guys it's like I'd rather come out and go for the finish have a crazy fight like John Wayne Parr as opposed to to winning a shit tap away tap away tap away depends yeah well that's a good note to end on I feel yeah. like this is basically the, the, the subject of today's episode is about self-mastery. Mm. 
you know self master it is anything that you're going to do don't worry about what the pack's doing don't worry about what the the lines are the the quotas that you have to meet yeah self master it whatever it is that you're doing just become the best of it and know it inside Against of you. yourself exactly not in terms of i want to be the best in the world as because everyone else is worse than me no i want to be the best in the world because i'm just fulfilling my potential i'm trying to just get to that level of self mastery that's a great great way to put it beautiful so uh, we'll, we'll finish it there uh, episode two of the play one podcast uh, make sure you tune in for next week's podcast potentially on the on maybe a monday or a sunday um, might get someone be, on maybe oh um, no nah, last one last one yeah last oh, this one is the third yeah yeah, yeah this is so number three before whatever yeah, has to happen yeah yeah cool so next week will be our last one before we get a guest on uh special surprise who that guest is but make sure you watch in so make sure you tune in for next week's one because it's going to be an absolute ripper you're going to take a lot out of next week i promise you that so um we'll catch you on the next one see ya adios